Welcome to episode two of Lakeshore Christian Church's weekly video podcast. I'm Pastor Randy Cordell. We're coming to you live from our studio at our Antioch campus here in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. Each week on the podcast, we plan to talk about all things Lakeshore, uh, message series that we have going on or coming up, uh, plans and activities uh, that are coming up here at the church. We'll talk to different staff members and uh, other people that we'll be interviewing on a regular basis. And occasionally we'll have a guest host for the podcast as well. I want to encourage you to subscribe if you haven't already done so. Uh, invite friends, neighbors, co-workers, family members to come and, and join us each week, Wednesdays, live at noon. But then it'll be posted so that you can listen to it anytime after that. I'm happy to welcome this week's special guest to the podcast. Uh, Michael Scherer is a good friend. He's a fellow staff member here at Lakeshore, serving as our executive pastor of family ministries. He also leads the praise team for our Antioch campus. Welcome, Mike. Glad to have you here today. It's good to be here. Uh, I want, uh, in this podcast series, to give people an opportunity to get to know some of our staff members better and volunteers, people that work with us, uh, that we work together with in ministries in the community. And today we're going to spend a little time getting to know more of Mike's story, uh, how he got connected to Lakeshore, all of those things. Uh, I was... Uh, New to Lakeshore in March of 1991, my family and I moved here, and we started working with the church, and uh, it began to grow. Uh, God blessed us, and the, the growth was happening pretty quickly. And Sue Ann and I started praying about uh, the needs of the community and wanting to do the best job we could as a church of, of meeting those needs. And we realized, we looked at a demographic study of the area, that many of the homes in the area, there were young people, uh, and we needed to develop a good, strong youth program at Lakeshore. And so we started praying uh, regularly, who should we call? Who, who do we know? Who would God lead us to that could come in and help us start pretty much from scratch, a really good youth program for the church? And over and over again, as we were praying, one name kept coming to both of our minds, and it was Mike Scherer. We already knew Mike, uh, knew about his work as a youth pastor. Uh, he was serving currently at, a, at that time at a church in Georgia, and uh, we contacted Mike and his family. Uh, they came up for a visit. I can remember, Mike, when you first came, your oldest, Caleb, was just a baby crawling around on one. the floor. He was just one. Just one. Yeah. What year was that? Do you remember? 1996. 1996. Uh, so we'd only been here a short time when uh, we contacted Mike, had him come up for an interview. Uh, we worked through the details, and Mike came on board to serve uh, to begin with as our youth pastor, and he developed from scratch a great youth program. Uh, and since then, he's done a lot of different things. Everything we've asked him to do, uh, he's done it. Uh, a lot of transitions through those years. But I want you to take a little time, Mike. I want to let you talk a little bit here about uh, the events that led up to how we knew you already and how you were already connected to our family. Tell us a little bit about your growing up, your history, and, and how it led you to uh, come here to be the youth pastor at Lakeshore. Well, it's actually a, a crazy story in a lot of ways because uh, Lois McGee, who is your mother-in-law, yes. was my house parent at the children's home that I was raised in. She wasn't there the entire time that I was there, but she was there for the most impressionable years, eighth grade through through college, basically. And so, uh, yeah, I remember you guys visiting from time to time. I remember when she was pregnant with, with your son, Bobby, and I remember yeah. uh, Heather when she was really small. And so, yeah. you know, it's just one of those things when you're, when you're a kid at the children's home, you just, 
you just like something to be different. <laughs> so when you have <laughs> visitors come in, you don't care who they are. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but when you you know when you get to know the families of the house parents or the or the relief house parent at that time, she was a relief house parent that she turned into the house parent. Um, and so, of course, I knew you guys from visiting her. And, and stuff like that. And then I visited some of the churches that you worked at from time to time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just being raised at the children's home, got to, you know, Lois finally retired. And then it just so happened that, that where you guys were is where she went. And so I kind of followed her along. And so when I call her mom here at the church, everybody's confused. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. they know she's not my biological mother, but yeah, it's hard not to call her mom because she was that for so many years. She's mom McGee for a lot of kids. For through a years lot of people. Yeah. yeah. So tell people a little bit more about Christian City, the children's home that you're talking about. About. It's called Christian City. Correct. All right. Yeah, it's in it's in the southern, uh, well, it's south of Atlanta, and uh, it's it's a children's home that it, at the time that I was there was was totally uh, supported by the local church. It still is supported by the local church, but now they've got uh, corporate sponsorship and all these kind of. Right. And the state has moved in a little bit and done some things with that, but there's it's still a great organization. They're doing some wonderful things there. Um, the, the cottage that I was in when I first moved there, we had 16 kids. Wow. So plus the house parents and their two kids. So we had 20 in a household and there was plenty of room. I mean, the cottages were pretty good size back then. Now they've changed since then and the cottages are much smaller. I think they have eight total that's in there now, but in each of their cottages. Kids today got it easy, right? I'm telling you, man, you should see those homes, man. I want to move in with them right now, but uh, they're pretty nice. Uh, But yeah, and so, you know, just being raised there was, is great. We all were connected to a local church. Each cottage was connected to a different local church. And so, uh, I, I was raised in the church, but at the same time, you know, you, when you say you're raised in the church, doesn't mean that you've got church in you. Yeah. So <laughs> that was just part of what you did as, as part of the children's home. Yeah. I know that uh, we've heard from uh, Lois a lot about her work there at Christian City and the challenges there. And uh, she really feels like uh, having the opportunity to have you in her cottage during the time that she, she had you there, uh, she was able to see you know, sometimes you, you just wonder, are, are we making an impact? Are we, right. you know, is it really making a difference, the work of the children's home? But in you and other and a few others, she said, I really saw how God used that time and used uh, a work in the lives of the young people and in your life uh, that led you into youth ministry yourself. And right. uh, tell everybody where you went to school, how you ended up in youth ministry there. Yeah. Well, I, uh, it's funny, I actually had a scholarship to Clemson University on a graphic arts scholarship for two years yeah. and chickened out. And so when I chicken, when I say chicken out, I meant I wasn't really sure I wanted to do that. And so I'd always loved going to church camp and, and, and I saw the need around where I lived and, and, you know, experiences in my own life. And and I thought, you know, if I could get into ministry, which I I actually didn't know what that really meant as far as getting into ministry, I'd I'd seen what other people had done and I'd, I'd seen my past youth pastors, but you know, at, at my church, my home church, we had it seemed like every six months we were changing youth pastors. So <laughs> that kind of scared me to get into that ministry. But at the same yeah. time, the need was greater than my fear. And so I went to uh, Atlanta Christian College, which is now Point University, and uh, got my degree there. Got my, and, and honestly, you get a lot of good training there, but your yeah. training really starts when you hit into the church. Yeah. And you know how that is. And so uh, you, you learn – you use what you learn, but you also have to adapt to the new things that you're going to learn once you're on the job. And, and so, but the, again, the, the need for me was to, was to meet the need, if you will, of, right. of those that I had experienced in my, in my lifetime growing up at the children's home. 
Yeah, Atlanta Christian College is a great school, and they, they did do a great job of helping prepare you for ministry, but there are some things you can only learn out there doing it, out there on True. the field. True. And uh, that's what I loved when we were started looking for a youth pastor. Uh, we knew that in the area here that we were working in at Lakeshore, there was a lot of diversity. There was a lot of uh, uh, starter homes and apartments that had a lot of children there that needed a connection to a church. And we wanted to bring in a youth pastor that had – not only the Bible college education, but some life experience gone, had gone through some of life that they could really relate to the kids that we were trying to reach. And we just felt like God had uniquely prepared you uh, for that role here at Lakeshore. And it turns out that that's exactly right. It, it was really the right fit. It was a perfect fit. Yeah. yeah. And, and you did a good job with all of that. Uh, we recently celebrated not too long ago here, 25 years of service yeah, here at Lakeshore. 26 in July. 26 in July. So that's great. Uh, second longest uh, running staff member to me only. So uh, he was the first one we brought on after we got here. And uh, he's just, uh, he's been so steady. And, and Mike, I want to thank you in front of everybody listening here uh, for your commitment and loyalty to Lakeshore. Uh, we see your love for the church and for the people, for the family here. Uh, and you and your family have stuck it out. You've been through a lot of changes and transitions, a lot of different things we've done here at Lakeshore. And you've just been steady and consistent, and that that is valuable to a church family. So we just want to thank you. And I think yeah. part of that is because, like I told you a minute ago, seeing how many pastors come and go through the churches that you that you're in, yeah, I didn't want that to be me, right? Because because you don't develop anything when you do that, right? There's no continuity, and relationships yeah. don't get developed over the years like they need to. Uh, one of the cool things I love, I know you have experienced this, and I've been able to experience being here this long as you've seen a lot of the kids that you had through your youth program who've gone on, you know, and have families of their own now, uh, some of them involved in ministry themselves. Yeah, and They age you. Yeah. <laughs> but you had a big influence on so many of them uh, using their gifts and abilities in ministry uh, years later, too. Yeah, I'm just blown away by some of those kids because, honestly, some of them I didn't give a chance. <laughs> you know, I was like, I mean, I'm doing my best, but they ain't listening. And they're, not yeah. get, they're not getting it. You know, it's just it's just up to you now, God. <laughs> and, and it always was anyway. But he, right. he definitely uh, took control of some of those kids' lives and have done some spectacular things. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, we, we can name them, but if we start naming them, I hate to forget anybody. But there's been a lot of them that have gone on to serve in churches all around the country. And uh and they're making the impact, and, and they take some of Lakeshore with them. They take a lot of you with them because they grew up in your ministry, <laughs> and and uh, it helped prepare them well for what God's using them to do now. So uh, that's that's been a powerful impact. Well, I know you started out doing that, and for, for a, lot, a number of years you were working as, as the youth pastor, and as the church grew, uh, we had to break it, divide it up a little bit because we had a larger number of youth we ended up uh, dividing it into high school and, and uh, middle school, uh, separated those two out. And uh, I believe to start with, you went with the, the high school, right? Yeah, I stayed with yeah. the high school. You stayed with the high school. And, uh, and then we had someone else come in to work with middle school. And uh, as the church got larger, it just became more needed to, to do that. And, of course, for that age span, you could do yeah. more uh, in-depth with just a high school, and, and uh, they could do more specifically for middle school, having right. that as a separate ministry. So Yeah, I had to do that because yeah. you know, after a while, you know, you, you start to think, okay, are, are you making an impact? Yeah. And, and 
you have to find where your strengths are. And so I felt that my strengths were more leaning towards the older ones because I could say things to them where they didn't get their feelings yeah, right. easily. Right. <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you, uh, being raised with Lois McGee as a house parent, uh, I know Lois really well as my mother-in-law. Uh, she would, uh, I hear a lot of Lois coming out in you from time to time. Uh, it's just those years of influence she had. And Lois could be really direct and you. really, uh, 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 she's a powerful little lady. Uh, now, yeah. she's gotten smaller over the years. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, physically, she's gotten smaller. But uh, but she's a strong woman, and she uh, she yes. put a lot of that in you, I think, of being strong and, and uh, direct and, and, and forceful when you need to be. Uh, and we needed that with our youth program. I think all kids need some of that in their lives, and I could see a lot of that coming out in how you did youth ministry too. Yeah, we had an intern a while back, and we were at the other campus, and uh, yeah. he he was he would always say, "How are you talking to them like that?" Because <laughs> <laughs> because uh, but when you have a relationship with students, though, it's different when you, the way you talk to them. You just can't go up to a student and talk to them any way you want to. It's yeah, it's that relationship part. It is. You know, once you develop that relationship, you can be more direct with them and, uh, and they receive it better when they know Correct. you've invested in them over the years and you, you've done life together with them. And, uh, but boy, youth ministry is tough and, uh, it does take a toll on you. And I know as you got older, it was uh, more physically demanding and you were going through some health things too, and decided to make another transition, uh, from youth ministry. And, uh, and during that time, you've, you've still done a lot of other things, not just youth ministry, but then it became more focused on other things. And, and tell a little bit about your role now here at Lakeshore and what you're doing on staff with us now. Well, um, um, my main focus right now, I think, has been on leading the worship team on, at, at the Antioch campus. Uh, but I'm also helping out with the life groups. Uh, when we have uh, prospects or new folks coming in or through our one-on-one class or, or just interested in joining a group or a ministry, um, it's my job to try to help them connect to that ministry right. or that life group. Um, and also uh, with the other campus that we have, um, I'm helping direct some of the volunteers and the paid staff on both campuses to just to be that guide if I have to be or, or the source that they need um, to help them in their personal ministries, whether it be children's ministry, uh, preschool, and of, tor- of course high school. Right. One of the things I love most, Mike, with you in that role is the wealth of uh, experience that you bring so that you could be a resource for those other people. Uh, Like, uh, it's been great to see Tito Lozano. Uh, He was in your youth program. He grew up to now be a a youth minister for us for for this Antioch campus. And, and, And obviously coming into that fresh and new, that was a big challenge, but I knew we had you here. And uh, also Mike Swartz, who had transitioned out of youth ministry here on staff. So we had some resources that Tito could go to, as well as our other staff and volunteers could go to when they needed help or questions or how do I do this? How do I handle this situation? You could give them some real life experience and insight, not just from a book that they read, but from somebody that actually dealt with it hands on. And that goes back to the longevity thing too, man. Having some consistency being here, it's it's hard to do that if you got somebody that's coming and going, you don't know who to go to. Yeah, I know it feels good for you to see Tito in that role after, uh, you know, working with Tito through those transitions in his life as a teenager uh, and the challenges you faced there with him and that he faced as a teenager. uh, And now to see him doing what he's doing, I know that's rewarding for you. It is. Yeah, he's he's doing a great job, too. And uh, 
I know that part of what uh, here at Lakeshore, we're really focusing on, on connecting, growing, and serving. And we're trying to do a lot of that through life groups and continuing to develop new life groups. So part of what you do is uh, as new people come in is we see what uh, gifts and abilities they have, and you try to get them plugged in. And sometimes that means well, they may be interested not only in being part of a life group, but leading a life group. Right. And so you, along with other team members, help provide the training and equipping to help get them started to lead a life group as well. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and we actually try to meet that need if, if it's always it's sometimes not there. Like, for instance, we had a single mom's group. Yeah. Well, after a while, the single mom's group, either because of moving or whatever, they had, it, it ran its course, so to speak. Yeah. But then there's always going to be a new group that needs to start. But some of those people that came out of that single mom's group started other groups. And so yeah. it, it wasn't just single mom groups after that. It had that actually had their own regular, if you want to call it regular, life group. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's always always looking to develop new leaders, uh, new life groups to meet the needs of, of the community and the people of our church. Yeah, we want them to continue to, to stay connected and growing and serving, and life groups is one of the best ways for them to do that, as well as other opportunities they have to serve, and, and you help them with that too, plugging right. in at things like the cafe and bookstore, all those different Any areas. Ministry. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, we want people to use their gifts uh, and, and service. That's part of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus because he, he was a servant, and he right. wants us to, to follow that example. Um, well, as you look uh, forward at, at Lakeshore here, I know your family. Uh, uh, tell, tell everybody a little bit about your family and kind of where you're at with that with your kids and all right now, their ages and, and well, where they're at. Well, we just celebrated, my wife and I, our 30th anniversary, which is She's a saint. Um, I'll say amen I'll, to I'll, that. Yes, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Got three wonderful kids. Uh, my oldest is 27. He is engaged to be married. We say finally when we talk about it now. <laughs> um, and then I have a 22-year-old that today actually is doing his commercial test flight for, with the FAA. So oh, wow. That'll go great. Yeah, we're praying things go well yeah, with that. And yeah. he's got a couple more classes left at MTSU. And then my daughter, my youngest, is will be a senior at Nolensville High School. And she's uh, she's just got her wisdom teeth taken out today, so she's I want to hurry up and get back and talk to her before it wears off. But yeah, <laughs> you you want, you want to get some video before it all wears I off. Think, I'm pretty sure my wife did. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing, man. To think about when you first came and you said Caleb was how old? One he was one, one yeah. years old, and he's how old now? Twenty seven. Twenty seven. Man, that's that's amazing. I just uh, I, I, here's what I remember about that meeting. We we were in the gym building. Uh, for part of the the gathering we had, oh, let him crawl, and you put him on the floor, let him crawl, and that was the fastest crawling person I had ever seen to this in my day, life. I've never yeah. seen anybody crawl that fast. I know it was crazy. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's like I wind him up. <laughs> he did look like that as he scooted across that gym floor. Uh, but to see all the changes, uh, all the transitions that we've been through, it's a lot. Yeah, and uh, and I just appreciate your family and the the friendship and. Uh, we still do things together because of the family connection too. You usually come over for Mother's Day celebrations with Lois and things like that, and uh, and uh, we kid around that you're kind of Sue Ann's brother too. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so all of our family has been connected through all these years, and man, it's just rewarding to me to be able to to. to from the very early part of our ministry here to have you come on staff with me. And it's been a real blessing and support for me to have you here uh, during all of that time. Uh, I, is there anything else that you think the church family or our listeners today might need to know about you that we haven't talked about? Uh, you know, I, I, that we can talk about. I know. I, I, I mean. Well, I yeah. joke about being an open <laughs> book, but you know, a lot of people is still 
give me penguin gifts. Oh yeah, that's right. The penguins. I love, I love penguins. It's a weird thing, but I've always liked penguins. Yeah. And so I have literally thousands of, you know, little statuettes and different weird, I have a crumb sucker that you can put on your table and it sucks your crumbs up. It's a penguin. I've never heard of that, man. Oh, trust me. I love it. I never use it because I don't want to tear it up, but (laughs) (laughs) I've got stuff still in the packaging. I mean, I'm I'm weird that way, but I, I stopped displaying things because I kept mysteriously getting things broken. Yeah. So yeah, I'm protecting them now by keeping them locked away. <laughs> but I am still a big penguin fan. So yeah, not the Pittsburgh penguins, just uh, the penguins. And speaking of a uh, of fans, uh, one of the things that we have in common, uh, I'm from Georgia as well, and went to Atlanta Christian College oh, as well, yeah. Port University, and we are both uh, Bulldog fans. Oh, you mean the national champion that, Georgia Bulldogs? That, those, those are the ones. ones. Oh, yes. Okay. I, I just thought we might want to throw that in there. Sounds familiar. Hey, there you go. Uh, Yeah, so those Georgia Bulldogs. Keep it going with the Atlanta Braves, too. Atlanta Braves. We're Braves fans. uh, Presently 13-game winning streak. I just got to throw that in. Yeah, throw that in uh, for sure. Uh, (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it was a great year for Georgia this past year with the World Series, the National Championship football team, all those good things. And uh, we get to celebrate that together. We share that in common. That's uh, right. uh, So, if any other pastors out there are looking for staff or or people to bring on staff, you might want to look for Georgia Bulldog Atlanta Braves fans. They always turn out to be really good staff members. So just, just thought I'd throw that out. Yeah. Well, Mike, it's been a joy to have you here with me today for the for the podcast. I want to thank you and thank Great. you for all your years of service, man. I appreciate it. Uh, we want to invite you and your family and friends to join us this Sunday at Lakeshore. If you don't have a church home already that you're involved in and connected to, uh, this past Sunday we continued a series uh, that we're in called "Discipling Our Sexuality." Yes, I'll say it again. Pastor Andy's talking about sex on Sundays, and uh, it's an interesting conversation. Over the past couple of weeks, we've looked at how the culture around us is really trying hard to disciple us and what we think about sexuality and how it doesn't always line up with Scripture. This past Sunday, we talked about how even in religious circles, maybe in your growing up and your raising, you've heard some things, maybe even from the church, that don't really line up well with the spirit of what God's Word actually teaches about our sexuality. So I want you to, to come this coming week. We're going to be uh, answering the question, does God care who I sleep with? So that's going to be interesting. And if he does care, why? Why is that a big deal to him? I mean, it, doesn't he have a lot of, of other fish to fry or other things he needs to be focused on or dealing with? Why would he be so concerned about that? So we're going to try to answer that question this Sunday. I hope you'll join us for that. This Sunday is also Father's Day We're going to be recognizing and celebrating all the dads that are with us. And at each campus, we're going to be having a car and motorcycle show. Uh, We're also going to have root beer and beef jerky for the dads. So we're going to celebrate big time there. Have a good time with that. I hope you can join us. Uh, By the way, it's not too late. If you've got a car or a motorcycle you'd like to bring up for the show, just call us and let us know. It's 615-731-1912. Let us know you've got a vehicle that you want to have in the show at either one of our campuses. We'd love to add you to the car show that day. Uh, Well, also this Sunday, this is kind of unique because it fell on the same Sunday. We're going to be uh, recognizing and celebrating Juneteenth, which commemorates a significant event in the history of our country. Uh, I didn't know a lot about Juneteenth until the past few years as it became more prominent as a celebration. I did a little more research. It's also uh, June 19th, as known as Juneteenth. It's a date that hundreds of thousands of slaves were freed in Texas on that date. 
Now, that came about as a result of something that happened a few years before. You've heard, of course, of the Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, President Abraham Lincoln issued that proclamation on January the 1st, 1863. The nation was embroiled in the Civil War. Uh, They're in the third year of a bloody war in our nation. And he issued that proclamation. And part of what it said was this, that all persons held as slaves within the rebellious states are and henceforth shall be free. So this proclaimed freedom to an entire race of people in our country that had been enslaved. But here's the problem. At that time, with the Civil War going on and everything and communication being more difficult, the word didn't even get out to all those that were enslaved that they were now free. Imagine that, a whole race of people that freedom was already declared for them, and they didn't even know about it. They had not even heard about it. So for it took years for the word to get out and for, and for uh, officials from the government to get to all of those places so that they could initiate and implement that declaration that had been made. And so people were being proclaimed to be free who didn't even know they were free. And it reminded me so much that that's really the heart of the gospel, that, that the gospel is about setting people free. And the freedom is there for anyone and everyone who would come and, and hear and know and accept God's offer of freedom. But so many people haven't heard. And I love uh, thinking of that. And uh, in Luke's gospel, we have a record of Jesus going to Nazareth and, and speaking in the synagogue there. And it, he took the scroll from Isaiah and he said this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's the heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to continue to do as a church. So invite family, friends, co-workers, and join us as we continue to connect, grow, and serve here at Lakeshore Christian Church. I'd love to see you here this Sunday. Thank you for joining us today.